Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan, and I'm so excited to talk about this episode, which I think was super great. Like, I think it was honestly one of the best premieres we've had in a very long time. And I just, like, honestly, I wasn't super pumped for this season, but now I am, like, jazzed and ready to go. Like, it was just, we got good character moments, we got good, like good edit stuff like awesome editing content i think the edit in this episode was so refreshing uh and yeah i'm just so excited to get into things <laughs> you're so excited i didn't get to finish my intro uh it is season 37 episode one uh, appearances are deceiving which i didn't look up who said that i have no idea who said that uh i'm guessing it was christian because he talked for most of the episode and also that sounds like yeah. something he'd say uh, but yeah, I, I'm assuming it was Christian. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, I agree with you on almost every front that it was probably the best premiere I can remember. Um, just all around great. Lots of interesting things they did with the editing. Uh, interesting weather helped them out a lot. Um, yeah, I'm- mm-hmm. like honestly, it felt like we had something for everybody. Like for all the people who like missed the survival stuff, we got Davy killing the octopus. We got the rain. We got like so many things of on that front. We got decent strategy from like or a strategy talk anyway from Nick and like Carl. And then on the like social front, obviously we got like the, that very tender moment with Jessica and B and all them. Uh, and it was just like I feel like a very good like multifaceted episode. And that scene with Chris, that confessional where they edited Christian rambling nonstop was an all-time great. Yeah, the one thing I liked was lots of meta approaches, because you get stuff like that where Christian's not our first super nerd to be on a season, so they're starting to get hip with it and do really funny things like that. You had Allison and Angelina referencing only 15% of women find idols, um, so that's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's just very exciting. And even having the confessional where Dan's like pulls oh, the idol out of his, like it's just like I have uh, everyone's looking for it and here it is. Like like adds the shock value so much. 30, 37 seasons in and that kind of twist just like completely plays with what the audience is expecting and it's just an awesome approach to change things Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm super stoked. And then <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, in addition, like, this cast is awesome. Oh, like, yeah. I feel like they everyone got a confessional. Everyone, except for Alec, got, like, content. some yeah. content of value in, in a way that I at least know who they are as characters. Uh, maybe that's partly because we did the preseason, but, like, my mom, who doesn't watch anything preseason, was like, I like so many of these people. Like, I don't know which one's my favorite. I like all of them so much because she actually knows who they are. Uh, with the exception of a couple, but for the most part, I think they did a really good job of introducing us, at least in some part, to some aspect of everybody. Yeah, I think for the most part, we got a glimpse of everyone, especially on the David tribe, which we'll get into that. But I think maybe if you're a casual viewer, you might think the Goliath tribe is a little mushy. Like, I can see people confusing Angelina and Natalia mm-hmm. or something, but otherwise, it was great. And you still got moments from both of those. It's just a matter of them looking similar and having sort of similar temperaments. Yeah, the female Goliaths, I think, especially because they, they seem to be kind of paired off and, like, I can definitely see... And, like, we have Natalie and Natalia. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> Natalia looks a lot like uh, Angelina. Like, I, de- I definitely see where people can get a little bit confused. I feel like if I didn't see the preseasons, I, I, I probably wouldn't know 100% who Natalia was. Yeah. But... 
it is what it is. I thought the episode was great. Um, I thought that challenge at the start was super corny. Like, I like the idea of it, but I thought it was extreme. Like, I think there's a 0% chance anyone wins the side where you have to do the slide puzzle or do the 10-piece yeah. puzzle and the thing. But it was clearly a thematic starting point. Like, they knew 100% that Davids were winning that challenge, and I think that's okay. Yeah, I know it's interesting for players, but I kind of hate when a challenge gives options because then there's options that go unexplored and then it's unnecessary exposition for us. But yeah, it worked out really well. I think the funniest thing of all time was this. So they know the premise of the challenge and one of the tasks they opt to potentially give the Goliath tribe is move sandbags. (laughs) Like, I think that's hilarious. And the most clear example of them clearly, trying to get the goliath to do that 10 piece puzzle yeah and just auto lose basically that was their like fail safe to make sure <laughs> but whatever all they got was a shelter making kit and it was clearly just for a thematic starting point to show that the davids can win they're competitive in some way or whatever yeah absolutely uh other than that like general thoughts are very positive i'm so excited i, be- I wish we would have seen a tribal council uh just for a little bit more strategy in there, but honestly, getting a full view of so many characters, if it's because of the medevac, like, because they didn't have to explain a boot, I'm perfectly okay with that. Like, that's that's cool with me. Yeah. I almost wish there were a way not to have a tribal council like this on, like, the first episode, but, um, yeah, it worked out great, so. Yeah, and, I like, honestly, the, like, the actual immunity challenge, I think, was pretty good. Uh, it was engaging enough. Um... And, like, seemed, like, had, like, a component for, like, big buff dudes and also, like, the David tribe. So, I like, it was it was pretty good. Um, but with that said, uh, let's go to the segment that we always start with, which is sort of the stories. This first episode is always the hardest to actually nail down what the actual yes. stories are. Uh, but I think the most ones we got from this episode were mostly the uh, kind of the ones that the show is blatantly putting in your face. So, basically... They, a lot of them come down to the David versus Goliath theme. Uh, and the fact that we have so much content focused on the David tribe, especially, mm-hmm. is interesting. Uh, especially when probably the major theme coming out of the episode is turning your strengths into advantages. Yeah, I think Jeff says this right away, is that there's an obvious physical disparity, but it's all about what advantages you have and making the most of those. And then we get this with Christian, where he talks about how he wrote an algorithm for slide puzzles that helped them win the challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it goes from there, just talking about all sorts of people with their advantages and turning them into strengths. Yeah, and I really do think this is going to be, like, the story of the season, much like in uh, Triple H. This, like, the story of the season was, like, secrets. I think this turning your strengths or the or even the things that happen in your life into advantages uh, is going to be, like, the motif of the season. And our winner is going to be closely tied to this arc. Like, this, this arc. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, like, exactly where that's going to come from, but it's, it was put in the show so many times throughout that I just imagine this is probably very closely tied in some way to the winner story. Yeah, it was so intentional, and... It is only the first episode, so there's plenty of time for people to actually bring forward their strengths and then see what comes from those. But, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I imagine we're going to get, like, the classic Jeff Brope style thing. Like, you'd manage to turn this negative situation into an advantage. Good job. You're the only one who did it. Like, very similar to the Ben Bomb thing. Um, and that's just something to watch out for. Nothing really stood out on who this is going to be for. Yeah, like, which is, I think, the big reason why I think it probably ties into the winner. As it was just, like, a nebulous idea that a bunch of people articulated. I think maybe you could very loosely say the one Davy scene we got is a little... Like, that's the biggest inclination, but that's not very big at all. Just him mm-hmm. catching that octopus and then sort of relating it to who he is as a person. It's very stretchy, but that's my... It, yeah, it's right honestly now. basically the literal manifestation of the thematic words, and I think that's actually very good point is and like honestly even like christian got the slide puzzle into that like we're getting a lot of this kind of stuff yeah um and yeah i think it's gonna be super important and probably be this rise and fall for a lot of people mm-hmm. and very similar is making the best of a bad situation uh so this is again super tied to specifically the david tribe uh it's basically the reason they're there and with the intense focus on the morality of the David tribe, makes me really think it's extremely likely we're ending up with probably... My guess is we're probably getting a David winner, or at least somebody who encompasses <laughs> Whoa, the that is character... A hot yeah, shocking take, take here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's... All, that's my one critique, really, of the episode, is we did not see enough of the Goliath tribe that, to the point of almost absurdity... Yeah. Like, the David tribe got all these heartfelt moments of like, we're going to rise above. And the Goliath tribe got like, we all hate each other. and We're looking for idols. That's it. Like the disparity was immense. Um, I think. And so that's looking at last season where we had that amazing premiere from Wendell. And then, yes, there was like um, misdirection along the way, but we should have always been looking back at that. I think mm-hmm. we got some version of that from every member of the David tribe. But if you look at that same thing on the Goliath tribe, there's maybe only two or three people who you can ascribe that to. Yeah. And I wish it had been more of them. But yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, it seems to me anyway that Survivor is going more and more down the road of giving someone a k- absolutely killer premiere, cooling them off for a little bit, and then them pop up every now and then. Uh, and. It's not a great look for some of these Goliaths who did not get a killer from yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, and so I think that's the thing is, so, like, making the best of a bad situation is also potentially tied to something like Angela, or, or Angelina, <laughs> sorry, uh, talking about looking for the idol uh, and how, like, females generally don't have, don't find these idols. I think that is the one of the most important confessionals of the episode, and I'll get back to that more later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we're... That is basically saying, hey, we acknowledge that there's a problem, and we're going to do everything we can to turn that around. That was the Allison Angelina story, and I think that is going to be absolutely key for understanding this season. Yeah, I feel like almost the whole episode, and maybe it's just because the medevac made it naturally seem this way, but the whole episode sort of leads to this point where um, arguably the David's physically strongest person, Pat, goes, and then oh, it's a bad situation. David's have to make the most of it. And all the content we've seen prior to this really sort of hammers home that someone from this tribe is winning. 
Yes. Or at least I think there is a possibility that it's somebody who, on the like, if it's a Goliath, they're going to be a Goliath who is more humble and similar in mannerism and everything to the David tribe. Yeah, yeah, that's the like, only other way I could see. Yeah, like, there's a possibility of the crossover kind of thing, but I do think it's extremely likely it's a David. Yeah. Uh, the next story is empathy, like those who have empathy versus just looking out for yourself. And I think this was put really poignantly in the episode where you get one scene of the Davids sort of helping each other build the shelter throughout the rain. And they're all like, yeah, but the good thing about Davids is we'll help one another. We have a lot of empathy. We'll look out for one another. And then I don't know if it's directly the next scene, but you go back to the Goliaths and they're all on their individual idol hunts. And they're all, even if they're in groups, they're all doing something that's self-preserving rather than working together. And then even right after that, you have, you go back to the Davids and you get this overhead shot of them all on the beach. It's right before Davy finds the octopus, but they all look like they're looking, but not for an idol, for food. And I thought that was a really, like, cool scene put together. And so deliberate, too. Like, 100% they put so much thought into this is the story we're going to tell that... Like, yeah, Jeff has his own descriptions that you can hear about for what the difference between David and Goliath is. But what the season is telling us is this. is that It's that's the difference. Is David's look after each other before they... And maybe they look after themselves, but they look after each other just, like, first or as well. Whereas the Goliaths focus on themselves first. Yeah. And it's... That is basically what the show is telling us is the difference between a David and Goliath. Even if... Jeff or whatever is going to use a different definition. That's like the thematic backbone for what it's saying. Uh, And I think that's definitely something to pay attention for. If at some point the theme makes a major shift and it's like looking out for yourself is the smartest thing to do, then I think you got to look more at the Goliath tribe. But right now it definitely seems like they're portraying them as kind of the villains, the selfish villains, and the David tribe is like the plucky underdogs who care for each other. And I feel like I'm always going to bet on the plucky underdogs when it's a uh, carved out story, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, we've definitely seen seasons where the main thing has been to look out for yourself instead of worrying about others first. And so it can go either way. I think from what we've seen, we know which tribe is which and where to go from there. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think a fair point is honestly, uh, in Ghost Island, the story was Malolo is friendly, cares for each other, bonds well and the vd are jerks and the jerks won in that season and i think that's important to remember uh that just at this point we were on the complete opposite side and i think it's important to note that there's a definite chance that the theme just shifts and then we're going to be looking out for the people who in the shifted theme encompass the previous one the best wendell was the most malolo style navidi on the navidi tribe and sort of the emotions they told us about. And so that's something to watch out for. Yep. Next theme we got up here is girls, girls, girls. And I think this is important for so many different reasons. Uh, I think it's a, there's a really good chance that we're getting a girl-dominated season. Uh, so obviously, Survivor, up front and center, mentions that girls find less idols and they don't know why. They obviously use Angelina to be that spokesperson. But that, to me, makes 
me almost 100% sure that Dan is probably going to be the only male to find an idol. I think we're going to find a lot, a lot of girls are going to be finding idols in this game. And girls are going to be, I think, dominating strategically. Uh, I think that's absolutely a major point. Second piece of evidence is Dan, when he fought, Dan nonstop talking about girls. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's like, I'm with the prettiest girls. I found an idol with all the prettiest girls. Dan was this like cartoon character <laughs> in this episode, just completely over the top, just not couldn't stop talking about beautiful girls all around him and how great they are. And to me, that just is all the all the makings of a girl dominated season, very similar to Koran. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that some of our lowest visible characters, Alec and Jeremy, both men, um, but pretty much every girl got a really good edit. Natalia may be the least, but she had two moments. Um, but ob- absolutely the David tribe, every woman over there was really well edited in some way. Yeah, like every every person got some, every female got like some sort of huge moment there. And again, like I just really think that we're getting a very female strong season. And when paired with the, like the preseason stuff we did, I think that bodes really well for like Allison. Mm-hmm. Who talked about like wanting to make like the re- reuniting the Black Widow Brigade or whatever? <laughs> uh, I think that's really good for her, especially that while it wasn't her who talked about it, she did. She was in the conversation uh, and was like, "Yeah, we're not going to be tending to the fire anymore. We're going to go out there. We're going to find these things." I think like honestly, I'm predicting like three amigos from uh, uh, Owen, but like with female kind of thing, like like some sort of like really dominant, fun, entertaining female alliance. Hmm. And probably Dan losing because he probably like, – I, I, I kind of predict Dan's going to, like, Eric Reichen back himself. That's my prediction. Yeah, it was a very interesting scene where he's like, oh, showmances aren't the way, but, I mean, people have fallen in love before. And he doesn't say that leads people to the win, but he's just yeah. like, people fall in love, like, as though that's okay. It was very, like – it was like a Bachelor quote, you know what I mean? Like, it was very weird. Like, that scene was just edited – extremely strangely, but I, we'll get to that when we get to Dan. Yeah. Uh, I think the final story that I kind of touched up, like touched on or like noticed was specifically from Nick, the like idea that your like the emotional stories that we often get in confessional or whatever, when the, the guys cry about his family back at home or whatever bonds you to the rest of the tribe. Um, I think that was kind of an interesting thing. I'm not a hundred percent sure where this is going. But we definitely saw a lot of, like, the emotional bonding that stories and, like, back home can present. And I think it's the first time that it's been, like, directed at the audience and not either a malicious or uh, super sincere way. Like, it was very, like, strange. Because, like, I fully expected Nick to go, like, full Russell Hans mm-hmm. in that scene, just, like, the way it was presented. Yeah. And then he didn't. And But he was, like, strategically using his story, but not necessarily in an evil or mean way. So it's a very, like, nuanced stance, and I think that's going to be important in some way in this season. Yeah, and even on the other side, you get Dan, a big section devoted to his personal story, and it looks like people really rally around that. And and what little you see of um, the Goliaths forming groups, you sort of see Dan as a leader, and it might be due to that, but... Not anything blatant, but yeah, Dan is a big part of this story as well. And yeah, I think like those are the main 
stories I picked up on. Um, and obviously, I feel like in the next episode, the second episode is the best time to kind of do this because you see which ones stick. Yes. Uh, and so, again, like, and a lot of, right now, I don't know what things are personal stories and which things are overarching stories, but these are the things that we kind of pegged as the overarching stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now what we're going to do is we're going to go through each person and kind of guess and extract where we think their personal story is probably ending up. Uh, and we're going to start with the Goliath tribe because the show kind of shafted them. So we'll start with them. And alphabetically, we start with our boy, Alex. Yeah. You're a winner pick. Oh, man. I can't believe I was so right, right off the bat. Holy cow. The most obvious winner of all time, Alex, <laughs> is going to win. Wow. I like, in one way, I'm just kind of glad that, like, Alec is our closest thing to invisible and by that he's not even close at all like he had a confessional he was talking in scenes but um in a episode where the goliath tribe was already downplayed and him to be the most downplayed member of that yikes (laughs) especially for this archetype right like this is like, this is the guy who you have to imagine their thinking is going to be, like, loved by kids. And he's, like, talking about Joey Amazing and Ozzy and, like, invisible, basically, like, for the season in, like, comparison to the season. Uh, it's really not a good look. He, the only thing he talks about is building the shelter. Uh, and, yeah, like, that's it. So, uh... I'm imagining he's just going to be a cog in someone else's story. But we didn't even see who he's close with, which is not a great sign. Maybe Jeremy. Like, there's a scene where everyone is dispersing to go find idols. And he asks, or Alec asks Jeremy what they should do. And Jeremy's like, we should go look for idols. So he's not even then being portrayed as very, I guess, cognizant of what the game entails. But... Yeah. Yeah, and when your number one ally, I guess, portrayed as is the only other really in- close to invisible yeah, person, that's true. not a great sign. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have a whole lot to say on Alec. Like, I just he's one of he's a tertiary character in this season. He'll probably get booted for no in no real significant manner. Uh, I think I don't think he's long for this game. You don't think so. I think very much like Angela, he's going to stick around forever and he's going to be the first person we talk about for a very long time because he comes first alphabetically and huh. I really hope not. <laughs> I am so tired of the invisible person. Like after Ghost Island, I really hope they learn a lesson of please don't put have ever have four invisible people in the final six. Like absolute garbage uh production on that side and I really hope like, for me, if this is the edit that Alex going to continue to get, I hope he leaves really soon. Yeah. And from this really strong premiere, it's hard to think of anyone going invisible just by nature of them all getting a really strong premiere. But, yeah, the more Alex sticks around mm-hmm. like this, it's not, not the greatest. <laughs> even, like, that's the thing is, like, even if he stays like this, like, obviously it's not Chelsea bad, but, like, Chelsea bad is, like, absurd. They're still bad where they get one boring, meaningless confessional every episode and it means nothing. Like, that's also not something I want. I want, like, everyone to be somewhat nuanced. Like, just about everybody else other than Alec. Even Jeremy. I I would be fine with Jeremy's edit for people in general. Yeah, it's almost better to get, like, a Chelsea edit for us because that's interesting to talk about. It's like, why is this person so ignored? This was just Mm -hmm. like, well, he's here. 
and we're gonna do the yeah, courtesy of giving bland him, as heck giving him one confessional but it's still yeah, yeah. you can't even ironically love the one con- one boring confessional guy like, yeah it's hard but anyway i think that's all we have to say about alec yeah. uh cl- clearly did uh not super yeah well. not not <laughs> it's not super meaningful to us. no story. longer my winner pick <laughs> yeah i think that's probably a fair guess uh, someone who I was going to pick for my winner pick is Allison. I didn't um, – interesting premiere. Yeah. Like, she ends up being the spokesperson of the I, – I, I'm – wait, no, I'm a David. I worked really hard. And Jeff really tearing into her. Um, yeah, she gets shut down, but she doesn't really get a chance to respond back to that. So I would say that's really not good for her winner chances either mm-hmm. is to sort of be left hanging as – well, you really are a Goliath, so don't try to pretend you're not. So, yeah, like for me, it's like both better and worse than it could have been. So that makes me think that she's an important character, probably. Yeah. But, like, I feel like if she's the winner, she probably gets a chance to rationalize herself there. And if she's, like, awful, they probably dig into her more. Mm-hmm. Um,. But it kind of, like, I think this scene was always going to get shown, like, even if she won, even if... Oh, yeah. She did. Because it made such a good like, counterpoint to what Pat had to say. Yeah, and even preseason, like, Jeff Probst was talking about it all the time, like, and, and the uh, first one out, like, this was a moment... Because he filmed his, like, description of people after this scene, and that's, like, what he couldn't stop talking about. Huh. Uh, so I think it was always getting shown. And the fact that it was shown pretty neutrally is just interesting. Like, it feels like they're not, like... It's pretty good for her, and it actually reminds me a lot of when Wendell just dropped out of the uh, eating competition. Yeah. Where it was just, like, not even mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, un- like, I think that they would dig into somebody for in other seasons, but hmm. I think that's really good for her that it didn't dig into her. But at the same time, she didn't get anything to really bounce back from it, which is bad for her. So it's, like, she's in this, like, very, very neutral position where I think she has, like, the potential to be, like, an Andrea Belke who rises up to be an important player, but is never really going to be taken seriously as a winner contender. Yeah. I think she's important for the Goliath tribe, but I think she's going to be someone who gets taken out like early merge or something as a threat. Mm -hmm. Allison look to me looks so much just like the third merge boot. Like, yeah. If you can craft like that edit, it's Allison. (laughs) Um, Obviously I think she's going to be, in some way tied to, like, a female alliance of some sort. But at the same time, Angelina's way more likely to be that person. So, I don't know. It's hard to say there. Yeah. That's about all I have on Allison. Yeah, it's just not a very nuanced or, like, there's no real... She doesn't really have a story at all, and that's the big thing. Like, these first two really don't have a story. And a bad story is better than no story. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of a bad story, we got Angelina laughing at the Goli- or laughing at the David tribe when they walked in. <laughs> um, we we were watching it together, and you messaged me saying, "For oh no, first boot Angelina," <laughs> and <laughs> I honestly thought that's what we yeah, were heading for. But, yeah, it didn't happen. Um, yeah, she also got like a conf- like one of the opening confessionals, which really surprised mm. me. He was tor- sort of talking about all the sort of privileges she had in her life. And she very specifically said, my life is more advantageous than some people, which going Mm -hmm. back to the turning your strengths into advantages sort of 
spark something for Angelina. Like, I don't know if I would say she's winning because that episode still didn't present her very positively, but I think she's going to be bigger than this first episode necessarily says. I think Angelina's our villain, 100%. Um, I think... I think that female alliance I was talking about is probably going to be a villainous one. Hmm. Um, like, I think very similar to the Black Widows. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of CPNs from Angelina <laughs> where she is just a very neg- – like, I think she's, like, a villain but in a, a more of a fun way that you're kind of rooting for. Yeah. Uh, rather than, like, the Kellen. Like, I don't think she's a Kellen-style villain. I think she's, like, a hammy – she had a mustache, mustache twirling villain. Um, because if you think about her story, like what's set up in this episode, it's she is a nerd. She is a very smart person. She went to Yale, Stanford. She will do everything she can to make sure females do well. And she thinks that the David tribe is a joke. Uh, so that's villainous plus loves females, basically, and smart. Uh, and so to me, she, she's going to be like the spokesperson of this group that's gonna form yeah and i think she's i think she's around for a while um not necessarily like end game but like she's gonna be an important character for quite some time unless she's the next boot and i don't think that's the case because yeah i don't think so um even when we thought she was gonna be the one who would be not able to contain like her words um that was much more natalia than her Mm -hmm. and Besides Natalia, there's two more people who are lower on the social pecking order of Goliaths right now. So, yeah. Absolutely. I really do think, like, she kind of reminds me. I, I think if I was going to bet bet on anybody, I would be, bet that Angelina's our merge boot. Um, and it's like a status, or like the Bradley or something. Like, I really think that's what this is setting up. Uh, like, someone who's going to rise to really be the big character of some episodes and then we're going to be super excited when she gets taken down, but maybe be sad at the same time. Like, I really think this is a nuanced character that's important. She's one of the people with the most clear story, I think. It's clearly just female power. Like... Yeah. And some negativity on the David tribe. So, I definitely think she's a character to watch out for. I don't think she's going to win. I, I really don't think she has really any winning equity. There's a chance this is the edit they give her, but... It's a rough They would start. really... Yeah, they really wouldn't like unless she's the only one who was like laughing at the David tribe. Yeah, I guess that's true. And that's, like, there's always the possibility, but with the information we have right now, I would be betting very low on Angelina's chances. Yep. Next up, we got the guy with the best name in the world, uh, <laughs> Dan. Is our guy. Uh, he was my preseason winner pick, and I'm selling him a little less than you should be on Alec, but. Uh, I don't think his chances are super good. He was presented super positively, but like a walking cartoon character, like a very lustful cartoon character. Uh, like, uh, what's that skunk? Pepe Le Pew? Yeah. Almost like him. Uh, where his introduction was literally just bragging about losing weight and how great he looks, like out of context, like just in the middle of a conversation of him bragging, like, yeah, I lost 80 pounds. Like I used to be huge and now look at me. Like. Like, on the first watch, I really thought this was a really good premiere. I watched it back, and, like, the scene literally just starts in the middle of him breaking. Yeah. Like, how good he looks. It's super awkward, and I think it's definitely intentional that way. Yeah, it was just... 
it's weird how this Goliath tribe, which has two real celebrities on it, goes past John, goes past Mike, straight to Dan, and gets, like, these two big scenes from Dan where it's, like, talking about how he lost all this weight and joined the SWAT team, which is, it looks really positive. Like, it looks really inspirational. It's not presented as though he's necessarily bragging. And then there's the second scene where he's, like, literally on day, like, one, falling in love with Kara. And it's just a... And she doesn't mention liking him. He mentions really liking her. Like, there's a lot of red flags on that side. It's just a strange look. Like, mm-hmm. I I imagine Dan is a very big character. I don't think he's winning. He's our Chris Noble. I really think he is. Um, Because this was, like, a very over-the-top positive edit for a very, very, very cartoonish look. And that, to me, like, I think we're really going to get Dan, every side of Dan. They're going to really explore this character who's fun. Like, he's very he's very fun. Yeah. he's. I don't think he realizes at all how he comes across. And that's, I think, the story we're going to get. I really think we're going to get people digging into this guy, like, really just making a joke out of him. I don't know. I, I'm... I'm really perplexed on how it's going to go from here. I don't necessarily think it's going to be negative. I don't know. Um, And then there was this weird moment at the challenge where I think you have a lot of opportunity to show maybe some of the weaker physically players on the Goliath tribe struggling at some point. But the only real weird point we get is... Um, this altercation between Dan and John where John is just standing there with a piece and Dan is like, get out of the way, which it seems reasonable because he is in the way, but it didn't read too well for Dan in that situation. So, No, it really didn't. Like, this is not the look I was expecting. And honestly, when I first watched it, I thought it was the look I was expecting. I was like, oh, it's really good. Like, he seems like a really normal guy. But I think when, especially on a rewatch – more information is given about Dan as the episode goes on, like his like for Kara, and I was just like, oh, we can kiss in private. Like that's a super weird thing to just tell someone yeah. on day one. Um, and I think we get more and more information as the episode goes on, and then when you go back to watch his initial content, it's super weird. And like they edit the episode all together, and so you know that they're giving you all these little clues so that you feel more and more kind of uncomfortable. I think, uh, more wary of Dan. Uh, and I think that's the thing is like on a rewatch, he is way, 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 way worse as a winner contender than he was, but he's clearly an important character and him and Kara are clearly an important duo for the story of the season. Yeah. I hate to say there's some like disparity between us and casuals in terms of what we can see, but I think a lot of casuals are going to be like, Dan, big character. He's could win, win this season. He has a lot of things going for him. But I think us looking at it, we're like, there's something weird going on here. So I'm excited to watch and see what yeah. comes from this. Honestly, this reminds me a lot of the Chris Noble premiere. Like, it really does. Where Chris was super positive and super weird. And I just think, yeah, that's what we're probably going to get. Is like, he's our he's the guy we're going to laugh at. I think he could also yeah, be merged. That's movie, exciting. Something like that. That's a good character. Yeah, I, I, I really hope he's anywhere as fun. Because I think he has the potential to be. Next up, we got Jeremy. Not much to talk about with Jeremy. Uh, he actually he had a pretty funny confessional. Uh, his second confessional was pretty funny. Um, but again, it was kind of like 
most of his content was pretty generic. Uh, his second confessional was the one where he's talking about, like, you know, on the TV, it's oh, like, yeah. it looks so easy to find an idol, but, like, now it's, like, when you're actually there, like, it's so hard. Uh, his first one was just about, like, the shelter or something. Yep. He feels almost, well, as tertiary as Alec, really. Like, I can't really ascribe anything to him, despite him getting two confessionals. Um, yes. Yeah. And part of it is we don't have really any inclination of how the power dynamics on Goliaths are shaking out yet. So I can't place yes. it anywhere uh, in there. Yeah, he could be with anybody. All we know is that there, like, there's one group formed, and then we know Mike and Natalie are putting people off. And that's all the only dynamics we yeah, know. Yeah, I guess we know Allison and Angelina went looking for the idol together. Um, yes. Kara, Natalia, and Dan were together when Dan found the idol, obviously. Yeah, and they're like a trio, and they did like the fist pump yeah. thing. Obviously, Dan and Kara are together, but from there, it's there's no real relationship. Nothing else. Which... I guess you could argue Natalie, Mike, but I mean, they still. talked, but they <laughs> Mike was still like... <laughs> yeah, it yeah. wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good... But I think... Natalie is important to Mike's story, but not maybe in the reverse. Not in the way that they're aligned, I would say. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jeremy just doesn't feel important to anybody right now. I think he's somebody who could grow into a big character, whereas I don't think Alec could. Like, this is the foundation. I think that he could at least be a big personality or something yeah. like that. Because uh, he got, like, uh, he, like, they definitely erred on the side of, like, he's funny and observant, but... Not much else. Like, he's he could be an important part of somebody else's story, but not his own story. Yep. Yeah, that's all. He was used as a secondary character for just the idol hunting. And next up, we got my absolute favorite, the mayor of Slamtown, the George Bushy of Toshi, the shaman of sexy, my absolute favorite person. Uh, I'm a giant professional wrestling fan, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Johnny Nitro, as everyone would know him, is a, is a huge wrestling star. Uh, he really is, a, like, a celebrity. Like, I know all kinds of my wrestling fans are watching this, or <laughs> friends are watch, who are wrestling fans are watching this season because he's on it. And maybe a hot take, but I don't think he could have looked better in this episode than he did. If he, like, if there's a universe where John Johnny Nitro is winning, other than if he was on the D- David <laughs> tribe, like, if John was on the David tribe, he would be my winner pick. Because they took this absolute cartoon character of a person who works in professional wrestling, which a lot of people don't give the respect it deserves, in my opinion. And they he has, in my opinion, the most clear narrative of anybody in the show. Where he lists off all his names, but he's like, I'm smarter than people think. And I, I'm not the Shaman of Sexy. I'm John Hennigan. I'm not Johnny Nitro. I'm John Hennigan, and the reason I'm out here is to figure out exactly who that is and use everything I can to my advantage. John is getting the growth in it, and that's super interesting. I think saying that he is getting the growth at it is about the only point where I agree with you. I I don't really like like everyone likes John. I I'm not here for it. I remember when I was watching the episode the first time. Uh, he's listing off all his names and that like second or third confessional he gets. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy. And I said that phys- 
physically out loud. And then after I said that, he was still listing names. And I was like, I'm done. So, yeah, I don't care for him much. And I don't think he has that great of a winner edit. I think it's an interesting story. It's definitely some sort of growth edit where we'll probably see him for a while. The thing that I'll... And that makes me so happy. Oh, my God. I thought he was going to be, like, first boot. Like, I really thought he had that upside or downside, I guess. But I think he's really making it quite far. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the last Goliath. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the case, I think. Um, But the thing that alarms me is sort of going back to what we were talking about with Jeremy, where the power structure of Goliath is not clear at all. I think even especially with John, we have no idea who he's with. And I think there's one scene where Mike and Natalie have gone off on their own to, well, Natalie's going to talk to Mike about idol searching, but we see the other seven all grouped together talking about it and John's not there. And I thought that was weird. But at the same time, I also think that is not necessarily a negative because when it's a group of seven, you're That's not necessarily going to notice who's I not mean, there. Yeah, I guess I mean, just like, from that, it's like seeing that maybe he's not aligned. I mean, we can't really see anything yet, so it might be stretchy inference on my part. But yeah, like that's the kind of thing to me that doesn't matter because that that scene, it like yeah, like that's probably the one shot they had of that True. scene. You know what I mean? And what that scene is telling us is that Mike and Natalie are gone. Which, that's very, at the same yeah. time, implies that everyone else is there. So even though John was not there, the scene was telling us that John was there. Or at least that no one else okay, was yeah, missing. I will, yeah, that's what I'll say. The so, like, show I, is definitely yeah. telling us more that Mike and Allie aren't there rather than it's these seven together. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but I still, I'm really hesitant. I think the scene at the challenge we mentioned earlier sort of leans back to this thing where you expect um, the celebrity to be super competent and stuff, but uh, Dan is like, no. And it's not seen as bad on John. It's just, oh, he's a normal person too. Yes. So. And I think that's kind of what his story's going to be, is that he isn't a superhero. He's just a dude. Um, I think he'll be a really fun character. Like, he's... Other than Dan and Kara and Mike, has the, like, is the only real story coming from the Goliath tribe, like, that's really front yeah. and center. I guess Angelina, but, like, like it's it's one of the very few very clear personal narratives is John learning who John Hennigan is rather than his wrestling pseudonyms. And for me, who thought he was going to be pre-merge boot 100%, has me so happy. Because this guy's going to, this guy's going to continue to be fun. Um... Now that and like now that I'm thinking about it right now, what it feels really similar to is what we saw from Kellen in the premiere, where we got a lot of like Oh no. Well no, I don't think like I've come around to Kellen is not a bad thing. Um but in the premiere we saw a lot of Kellen like just herself and not a lot of relationships with other people. And I don't think yes. that's going to last for John the same way it lasted for Kellen, where Kellen somehow just had a cabal of people that she never appeared close to. I think we'll see John get more one-on-one relationships. But for now, what it looked like was, I'm John, I'm going to be a big character in this season, so keep an eye on me, if you weren't already, I Yeah, guess. part of me thinks that the... Part of me thinks, like, this is an aside, I guess, but that they must be swapping really soon. 
because they really are not showing us many much of these relationships on the Goliath tribe. Like and that makes either makes me think that we're running into a Matt Singh, where not or like I mean Matt Singh, and that one tribe loses all the challenges, and that the winner is on that tribe too. Mm-hmm. Like we're either running into that situation where like this is like the equivalent of Tan Dang, who was just like invisible and like no relationships were shown, or something really weird's going on and they're swapping like at the third episode and so none of the relationships on the glass tribe matter and i don't know which one we're getting you know what i mean like something weird's going on with because like there aren't really any relationships being shown on the Goliath tribe and then there's a million relationships being shown yeah, on the i think tribe. everyone but nick and pat or nick and someone i'm not sure but they all got paired up like there's a very even Nick, Nick with Elizabeth, he named an right. alliance. Okay. Um, so yeah, almost everyone on there got paired up with someone, and they got this scene where it's like honestly, B, B's the only one who wasn't like intrinsically paired to somebody. And I still think um, she was during that. But we'll get to con- that. Yeah. Yeah. During the first. Con- okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're just so eager to talk about the yeah. like yeah. tribe the episode focused on. Um, but yeah, going back to John. And whether, yeah, I don't know if it is going to be like an early swap, and that's why they're not focusing on these the same way they didn't really focus on the Navidis. But that's just weird because mm-hmm. all those Navidis were invisible and stayed invisible like until the end. So, yes, it was like Ghost Island, I think, is just a weird yes. exception. But like, honestly, if a Goliath is gonna win, I think it's either John or our next person. Yes, uh. No one else I really see is even kind of really in contention, um, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, maybe the person after that, but... Yeah, like, these next... Yeah, these next three could be. So let's just go on to Kara, Supergirl, who <laughs> had one of the funniest scenes ever at the end. That was really funny. Like, what's her name? Kara! <laughs> like, that was really, really funny. Kara's uh, the kind of person who I think is... Tied enough to the girls that it makes sense. And also tied enough to Dan that Dan could be a good shield for her. Uh, this du- That duo is clearly super important. She has an idol in- with Dan. Uh, she was shown way more human than Dan was. Yeah. Way more like 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 giggly, earnest person versus Dan's like cartoon character. Mm. And I think that's really good for her. She's a little bit... L- less visible than i would like and like we don't know as much about her as i would like but i think looking at how the episode is where it's predominantly david focused but you get this big scene with dan who's very cartoony and then you cut to kara who gets this very normal like she gets her development where she used to be a cheerleader but now she's a realtor and she's tied mm-hmm. to Dan. It didn't necessarily look the best where she was like, yeah, this is kind of a showmance, but um, I don't know. It still looked pretty good. Yeah, like I think she's absolutely in contention, and her story's clearly important. Um, and I think that's like the most you can really articulate about her is just like her story is important and is the by far the biggest one coming from the Goliath tribe. So what that means, hard to tell. Because in uh, HHH, the Healers tribe had Cole and Jessica on the same boat 
they were the biggest story coming from that tribe. And Jessica just got booted in the merge for no real yeah, reason. Yeah, and Kara definitely feels like a Jessica. So much so. Like th- honestly, this premiere was very similar to the Triple H premiere, I think. In all kinds of ways. And Kara, Dan is so much like Cole and Jessica, it's not even funny. Other than Dan got a lot of content and Cole was invisible. So what that means, I don't know. There's a clear difference. Like it's like bizarro Triple H premiere. Hmm. I don't know, definitely surprised me. I think we all remember I was kind of <laughs> really down on Kara, but now I'm really excited. I thought she was going to suck. I'm excited yeah. for what she's Kara cool. brings. She's the kind of girl that you, I imagine, like, in, like, four weeks, you're going to be like, she's winning. Like, Queen I love Kara. her. She's the best. Yeah. She she seems like that kind of girl to me. She seemed really sweet. I'm a yeah. fan. Uh, next up, we got Mike, who got the most, probably the most content out of anybody uh, in the premiere. Um... I don't know. I feel like there's some more. Like, there are definitely people on the David tribe who got more, but. Oh, sorry. I've been on the Goliath tribe tribe for sure. And it was a lot of, like, specific to him content. Lots of scenes on his own, which doesn't look great. But, uh, yeah, he got the most content for sure. So, this is Jeff Probst's, like, personal friend. (laughs) Um, I feel like he's always going to look really good. And I made a bet that, like, like Mike is going to find an idol in this game. Pretty close. I was pretty close. <laughs> um, all his content's just about finding idols. Um, I don't know. Mike is interesting. They all know who he is. So he's he's on the Amazing Race. We all know yes, that. Thanks, Natalia. Um, I think Mike's going to be here for a while. He's honestly, in my opinion, getting like the Dr. Mike edit. Yeah, like, that's what it feels like. As weird as that is, like, I really feel like there's so many parallels to, again, that premiere especially on this tribe where this is just the healer's tribe um natalie's the joe and yeah mike goes off looking for idols um and but like it's interesting he gets to articulate that other super fans just get scared but he just really wants it and that's an interesting shift um i don't know what to make of it he has a clear story of he's here to play but it's because he wants to and because he's passionate more than like antsiness or something i don't know he felt kind of bumbly to me like in that dr mike (laughs) sort of way and it just it wasn't a great look it felt gross edity weird that our like celebrities are getting this like they're starting at the bottom and working their way up but that's what both of them are so Mm mm-hmm yeah, like, I don't have a whole lot to say about Mike. Like, he's clearly an important character. But, like, it's hard to say why. Other than, like, I feel like he's always going to get a lot of content. Because, again, he's Jeff Probst's friends. But he's also, like, an actual really talented writer. So he's yeah. going to give really good confessionals, as he did. I almost feel so we're sort of... As we look at it, we sort of are like, oh, that's a weird sort of OTT character. We sort of shelve them to the side until we get more information. So, yeah, I think I'm yes. having that same problem as you, where he did have a lot of content, but I, my brain was sort of like, this is not really winner-y content yet, so we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, and like I do think there's a chance this is the winner story. Like, there is a world where that happens. It's just like... We need more. Like, this is the kind of thing that a second episode needs to clarify. Yeah, and right now it's like, not helped by the 
all the stuff that is happening on the David tribe. There's mm-hmm. so much like, there. For me, I really don't think if there's a swap, swap coming up anytime soon that the Goliaths are going to tribal. Like, that's... I really don't think it's going to be. I think the Davids are going to go to every tribal pre-swap. Yeah, I think so, because with Pat gone there, they're really weekend, so... They don't like to telegraph an obvious boot episodes before, right? Like, I think an easy editing trick is Mike's definitely going if we go to tribal. Never go make them go to tribal, so that, that obvious outcome never shows up on TV. Because, like, no, like, they don't want their episode to be boring. <laughs> like... I don't know. They also have Natalie there, so... It's sort of... Yeah, like, that's the one thing that makes me think they race could Race to the but. bottom right now, but... I get what you're saying. I think... They're presenting both of them as really easy options, so... Yeah. Yeah, which is not fun either way. Yeah. <laughs> like, no matter which way they go, I feel like this is an episode that they want to produce. So, I feel like the David Tribe are probably just... We're gonna give a bunch of them bleeding out, so... Maybe that's why the relationships don't matter. Um, yeah. That would be my best guess. If the winner is on Goliath, that is just like, oh, they get swapped and their most important relationships come later. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think Mike, Cara, John, if that's the case, they still have a chance to win. Everybody else, I don't really see that in them super meaningful. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Natalia, who honestly might be, other than Alec, the most tertiary character. Like, honestly, Jeremy might have more upside than her, I think. I think this is a... Like, she got way more content, but... It's a very me thing, but I think Natalia is my favorite in that I don't like to go for <laughs> obvious favorites. And Natalia had these two great moments where she just, like, pops up out of nowhere and is like, you were on The Amazing Race. And then her second thing is just, like, going crazy on Natalie, like... And the whole scene sort of presents it as though Natalie is in hearing range, whether she is or not. But, like, Natalia's just saying, like, thing after thing about her. Like, she's just staring there. Why is she always staring and not working? And it's great. It's not great for her winter chances, but I loved it. It's honestly not great for her short-term chances either, I don't think. Um, Natalia reads to me so much like a Liz Markham or something like that. Like, uh, like... Like Elizabeth from Karong, like where what we're being told is Natalia's a loudmouth. Natalia is not afraid to oh, say yeah. what she wants to say, even if it's really reckless to do so. Mm-hmm. But I think he, the most damning thing for her is she is the girl in the Kara Dan Natalia trio who is not named or mentioned in like I feel like the casual audience doesn't know who that person is in that yeah. group. And then Dan and Kara are presented as a clear duo. So this trio is important because Dan and Kara are important and it's a scene that you can't not show. But to me, this reads 100% like Natalia is leaving on a swap tribe where she doesn't swap with Dan and Kara. Yeah, that sounds... And they just didn't have... They had to show the scene of the trio, but the trio doesn't actually matter because one of them gets voted out on a swap tribe. That sounds right. That sounds honestly, like, correct. So... (laughs) Yeah, that's about it for Natalia. So, yeah, like, I feel like there's a good chance Nat- Natalia and Natalie are swapping together and their stories end with probably both of them going on. <laughs> ah. Yeah, and, like, honestly, I, I put money that Natalie outlives Natalia, and that's not a good sign. Uh, uh. I, I don't know. I'm still kind of wishing and hoping that Goliath goes and then Natalie goes. 
then, but yeah, honestly, I don't know. Let's just go on to Natalie. Um, uh, my she's our boss. Number one winner pick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not a great look. Like, she got a lot of personal content though, um, and she kind of reminded like, like I feel like she will be longer for this game than is reasonable. Um, I just don't know why. Like, we got to know a lot about her, and she had a pretty, like, while I think she was over the top, I do think she was kind of nuancedly shown. Um, Hmm. and, like, everyone, like, Natalia's like, she's so bossy, barking orders, and then Natalia, Natalie is like, you know, I know I'm bossy, but, you know, in my field, you have to be, or else, you you know, you won't be successful. And, so I just feel like she's more long-term than... I feel like she might be that contender of, like, that person who ends up on that swap tribe who never goes to tribal until the merge. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like a, like a Serene Game Changer or something who really isn't doing anything to win the challenges, but, like, just kind of keeps getting lucky. But I don't know. Yeah, I... It's just, like, a lot of bad looks for her, I think. Yes. I think, She's not our winner. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because I would think from our pre pre show assessment, I think it needed to be very clear out the gate what we were getting from Natalie as mm-hmm. a winner and we're getting Natalie as a big not winner. I think there's a chance she's a big player. Like I really do think there's a chance she makes the merge and she like pulls out some like really innovative strategy. Or like really, really good strategy anyway. I just don't know if she's going to make it that far, but I think she's going to do something cool because you could invisible this girl very easily or even, like, cut her attention down a bit. Like, like straight up, like, her being bossy isn't the most captivating television, but I feel like they only give her this edit if she is going to be much more captivating television later. Hmm. I don't know. I think. I feel like this makes sense to sort of set up I hope some not. I, I kinda... power structure on the Goliath tribe. That could definitely be it, like, but, like, at the same time, like, it kind of reads, like, Nally's gonna luckily escape this in quotation marks, and then maybe it's new life on the David Tribe or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Jeff Probst will say a swap is the perfect time for new life, and it's actually a two-season story. Like, you, Ghost Island comes back. It could be. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's That's the the Goliath Goliath tribe. Tribe. Uh, so now, uh, we're going to go into the tribe that actually got content. <laughs> <laughs> Except for this person, kind of. Uh, we're going to start with B, who... I feel so bad for B. Um, she was basically invisible in this episode. Except for... Jessica is having this emotional moment where she's talking about her, her mother. And then B is the only content in the story that we're given is that... Like, B tells this very personal story, but it's all under the guise of how strong Jessica is. And that's really, really bad for B. Um, it's like, I, like Jessica's like, my mom was in a toxic relationship, and I was there for her. And then we get a confessional of B being like, you know, Jessica's so strong because I was in a, an abusive relationship for five years, and I got through it. And Jessica's just so strong for being there for her mom. Like, it's really not a good... Like, her content's all tied up in Jessica. Even her really, really powerful personal content. And that's, in my opinion, super Yeah, I don't think I'd realize that, but you're totally spot on. Um, 
if you look at B's story alone, it looks really great, but it is sort of all there to back up Jessica as she's going through this really hard spot. So, yeah, like, and this is the one that I was saying that I'll bring up later. Um, B, if you just look at it kind of like without thinking about it too much, just like a quick look. Um, the thing is, is like B doesn't necessarily be shown in, in, in a duo. Like, this duo thing, like, you were mentioning Nick and, like, B. I think B is being portrayed as under Jessica's wing. Yeah, I think um, that was her one pairing I was going to make. Because when we get Jessica's confessional about her age and her strategy in the game, she's shown making an alliance with B. So, yeah. that's her pairing. And then we get this later on. It's B's story is closely tied to Jessica's story. Yeah. Um, and so I think from I th- the way we're reading Jessica now, B might be an important part in that because, mm-hmm. I mean, if B sort of falls away from Jessica, we might be a little lower on Jessica. But right now, what the story is telling us is that B isn't winning. If anyone, it's Jessica. Yes. And I think it's never like, like, if you're just going to put the two stories next to each other. B's story is significantly Absolutely. more powerful. Like, and Jessica's the one that gets the like yeah. credit for it. And that's really, really bad for B. And for me, like an editing thing that I noticed, B wasn't talking about Jessica in the confessional where she was talking about like the abusive relationship. They were spliced together. Hmm. It was like the audio was kind of spliced together to be about Je- like it's clear she was talking about her personal story and then she was talking about how powerful Jessica, Jessica was and they aired this together. And that's really bad. Like, for B's chances. Yeah. I like B as a character. I wish we had seen more, but... Yeah, like, I think there's a chance she has, like, the like the Natalie Anderson or something, but... I just think that B's story is following Jessica, and I don't have a whole lot else yeah. to say about her. And I would say Jessica's not being really set up as a Jeremy by any means, so... It's hard to see B as no. an ad- edit adopter, even in the same way we saw Jenna, Queen Jenna. Yes, I agree. Like, I would love if I could be like, I think B's like our Jenna, but Jessica's not a Stephanie. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, next up we got Carl, who is again another person connected to Jessica on this tribe. Carl had an amazing premiere. Like, Absolutely. a really genuinely incredible premiere. And a, a premiere that I didn't realize was as good as it was until I rewatched it. Yeah. And I think I was expecting Carl to be this passive player, and he's very much not. Both of his scenes were like, I need to... St- and he called you out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was like, I thought I was going to be a really passive player, but it looks like everyone's playing, so I'm going to go make two alliances that are shown liking me a lot with backup, like by, with conventional backups, like really strong. Like, like it was like confronting his preseason reputation and then building on it, being a completely different character than what he was like pitched as and doing really well in it. Like it was really like a pretty flawless premiere. Like we got to learn about him, got personal content, we got strategic content. We got him as in a duo with Jessica and Davey. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot to say negatively about Carl. Yeah, it looked really good. I considered putting him as my number one. 
I think I have him as my number one right now, but not 100% sure. And, I have two people who are pretty Yeah, it was a hard choice, but I ended up putting the other person as number one. Yeah, I think there's a chance I did too, but I, I think it's the same person. But Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Carl, like, flopped kind of in the challenge. Yeah, and that was one thing. I, no negative. Yeah, no negative content on that, and... We even got that confessional from Lyrsa right after the challenge, but before we knew there was going to be a medevac saying Nick is the obvious boot. And there was plenty yep. of opportunity for them to be like, well, Carl kind of messed us up in the challenge. So. Couldn't dig a hole. Yeah. yeah. But, and yeah, and it wasn't presented any more than that's what sort of put them behind. So. And, like, I also, like, think that it's important to mention that, like, he got the kind of, like, tricky personal content where he's, like, Jessica is great. I, she's very moldable, which is bad for Jessica, good for Carl. And she reminds me of my daughter back at home, which is, a, like, a clever way to integrate, hey, he's a dad. Um, yeah. Which I think is super important. That's that's another way to add more personal content without it being super obnoxious. Like, in my opinion, Wendell's edit was in the first per- episode. Yeah, it was really great, and I'm like excited for Carl to move forward. I like him. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm ready. Like I thought he's gonna be like a Keith Nail, and he's like Keith Nail but strategic, and that's pretty. Fun. Yeah. So yeah, uh, next up we got Christian, who's clearly a main character of this season. Absolutely. I think. Um, and again, shout out to the editors for these absolutely incredible uh, thing where they just really rip on the super fan archetype. Uh, <laughs> Very funny to just do the edit of the time lapse of him being like, and if I just did this thing, then <laughs> if I did this thing, then it was very funny. Um, I think from what I've seen from Christian so far, it still could go either way. I mean, he's not the Jacob Derwin by any means, but I don't know if he's winning or is just a big character. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like. For me, Christian is somebody who I need. I need to see more straight up. It's like it's um, like Mike, but in a more Mike, but in a more positive way. Yeah, Christian to me is I have more because like he has his close relationship with Gabby, yeah. which is crucial. He has a very important duo. Um, he's got like like I feel like he's got a lot going for him, but something just kind of feels wrong. Uh, that confessional where he was talking about how a joke can land poorly. Uh, when like and they use Pat as like kind of like a whipping boy for that was like really really good content like I really like Christian and I'm I'm usually a sucker for the super fan kind of archetype but Christian's probably the most like pure nerd we've ever gotten in where like he's not the cool nerd he's just a nerd you know what I mean he's like just a nerd who's like authentically kind of funny and I think that's super cool um, I'm excited that he's on the show and that they're presenting him so. Like, authentically, I think. Yeah. And I think we get to see just a lot of his character. Like, you see him, like, sort of talking to Lyrsa when they're picked for the challenge and, like, trying to work with her and um, all his rapport with Gabby. It was just really good. <laughs> I don't know if it means a winner, though. We'll see as the season goes on, I think. Yeah, right now he reminds me a lot of Ryan, where it's like, this archetype is always, like, Ryan from Triple H, like, this archetype is always going to get a good edit. Um, at least an edit that you could buy as a winner. Yeah. And especially, like, they, like, yeah, like, archetypes, archetypes, but also they're, like, tend to be very engaging characters. Um, 
And Christian is extremely engaging. He's always going to get a lot of content. And he's smart enough to not portray himself in a really, like, way that you could blast. Mm-hmm. So, that's the thing. He's good. In my opinion, his duo is much more likely to win. Um, yeah. He's much more likely to be big character. Uh, but I, I could also see the world where he wins. I just think he's a little bit more decoy than he is winner. Yep. And he looks so much like Cochran. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Like, <laughs> at times, it's really, really uncanny, but... That's all I really have to say about Christian. Yeah, I really like him though. He's yeah. got a story. He's got a lot of stories juggling. Uh, he's I think here for a yeah, while. Yeah, I don't go as strongly for the super fan as you do, but I don't mind him yet. And I know some people were like, "Gosh, I can't stand Christian," but I kind of like him. So I did not like him in the promos. Like first one out, I really liked him, but before that, like when they were just advertising the season. I thought he was. I was like, "Oh my god, I don't want to deal with this guy," but he's. I think he's like he's got my heart. So, <laughs> speaking of the heart of the David tribe, we got David on the David tribe. Sorry, Davy. Um, he killed an octopus. Super engaging. I thought I wouldn't like this guy uh, preseason, and he, whatever. That was such a fun moment that right now I can't help but love him. I think this is probably the strangest person to process following this premiere because his content is almost entirely this one scene very visually poignant dedicated to him and it's a it's yep. a good look but it's just that one scene and i'm and often in like the edge community you talk about a winner scene like the most obvious example is mike's not scooping mike holloway eating the scorpion and talking about it and that being like like, basically, the concept of the winner scene is that, in the first episode, common theory is that the winner will always be portrayed doing something that's super memorable, so that, like, in the next episode, uh, casual fans will remember them as, like, the guy who killed the octopus, or the guy who ate the scorpion. So even if they don't remember the name, they don't remember that he's a dad or whatever, that they remember, like, some sort of weird thing he did, or they did, um, and that, like, Sarah Lucina would be the cop who's now a criminal, like, some sort of really like, kind of poignant, memorable scene uh, for people to remember. And, like, Davies looks like that. It's, like, it's pretty good one scene to have. Yeah. And he does have that little bit of strategy with Carl. Um, I'm just sort of, like, comparing it to, like, Wendell, where Wendell has that very big scene of him building, and Desiree asks him about what he does. And then, but you also get stuff where there's all the dynamics between Chris and Dominic already happening in that premiere, and you get Wendell going to Dominic and forming something there. I don't know mm-hmm. if what's happening between Davy and Carl, Carl right now is enough, but I agree. Like he needs more, but he's somebody who I'm absolutely putting on like a check for. Like could be, yeah. Like he could be our Jenna. You know what I mean? Like as weird as that is, like. He could be the beta in the relationship who rises above. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think if you're right and Goliaths don't go to any tribal councils, it'll be interesting to see where he fits in. Because yes, I think we can sort of use Jenna as an example for where they failed as the Malolos kept going to tribal councils. Jenna was kind of there, but not really. And we mm-hmm. got a little too trigger happy on that, but I think 
we can see it a little more in Davy. Yeah, you, like, you really need Davy to be giving his input on things where he doesn't seem like it belongs. Yeah. And I think that's the key is like, that's the difference maker. And like the next time he goes to tribal will be really telling. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So that's all we got for Davy. Next up, we're going to talk about Elizabeth who <sighs> I have no idea. Yeah. She's also pretty bizarre, but in an entirely different way where she's constant throughout the episode mm-hmm. but forgettable yeah like strangely like i was like can i consider elizabeth as a winner contender did she get personal content and she did it's just really sprinkled throughout like it's little bits mm-hmm. here and there um she does get that scene at the very end of the episode where she's the one talking about mm-hmm. how the david tribal persevere I don't know, very strange. I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> I put her on my contender board, mostly out of, like, what the... Like, she's clearly important, or something. Like, what the, Like what do I do with her? Um, she's in multiple duos. She's with Lyrsa and with Nick. She gets personal content. She gets strategic content. Like, she has relationships. Theoretically, she should be... Somebody I'm really considering, but like something in my gut, th- shout out to Kellen, is just telling me that I <laughs> shouldn't be considering her. Like, is this maybe have, similar to like Stephanie from last season? I think it could be. Where just a big character, but not not in a winning way. And we can't quite yeah, like if, concretize why that is, but. Like, yeah, like, if I was going to write down who I think is the Allie, the Stephanie, like, the like the shock pre-merge girl complex person, I think it's Elizabeth, but I don't know why. Because she doesn't really have that, like, the negatives that they did. But, like, something's just wrong. Like, she's clearly important, but, like, in this nebulous way that I can't put my finger on at all. Um... Like, she could be the winner, and that's why it feels so weird. Or it's like, she's the person who they're really trying to make look like a winner, and just not quite fitting in the box. I think the thing that stands forward for me is, knowing preseason, she's sort of the really kooky one, the one I was expecting to be really OTT, and she wasn't so much that. It sort of trips something. Where it's like, why are they subduing Elizabeth? I mean, you could still see. She was the one always, like, shouting at challenges. And, like, she sort Mm. of prances over to Davy when he catches the octopus. But it's not... I don't know. It's it's very strange. (laughs) And, like, I think the other thing with Elizabeth is, like... While she got all that content, she wasn't CP. Like, she got... Like, she wasn't a complex personality. She got yeah. personal content. She got strategic content. She got all this stuff. She was a hard middle-of-the-road, narr- like, ultimately narrator. Like, it seemed like she was just, like, listing facts, even if those facts happened to be about her. Like, it was just very strange. Um, so she's someone to watch out for, 100%. But, like, I don't think there's anybody on this cast who gives me more pause than her. 
That's like, I feel like I would be confused if she's the winner. Yeah. Even though she's on my winner board. Yeah, it's almost like how we said Davy definitely has that winner scene here in the first episode. Elizabeth, despite all her content, like, what are you going to grab from this first scene other than that yeah. last maybe words about the David tribe persevering? But even that's not really good visual content. The way stabbing. No, and honestly, like our next person, I guess who we'll talk about now, had better ending content. I think like a better send off to Pat. Like Gabby got to be like, I misunderstood him. Like I really thought that like he was this person and he wasn't. And I thought I was way more captivating personally. And then Gabby did have those winner scenes, and to me, like Gabby's premiere is. The, like, embodiment of everything that Elizabeth's was missing. Yeah. Like, she also got all, like, like all the, the Holy Trinity, you know? She got the personal content, strategic content, pairs, relationships, all that stuff. Um, but it just felt more reasonable, you know? Like... I don't... It just felt more right to me. She's another weird one for me. She does feel right... But she feels so important to this tribe in a strange yes. way because she's so, like, doesn't look like an important person. Like, <laughs> that sounds terrible, but she just doesn't feel like the <laughs> important one. Rude. Like, I love Gabby. Like, I love that character, but I, I'm very confused on why this is focusing on her so much right now. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it seems like... She's the one who's on my winner board. If you yeah. told me Gabby wins this game, I would be like, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I like, get it. <laughs> but at the same time, I could t- totally see her not winning. Uh, I think in the Christian-Gabby relationship, she's the more likely one to win. Yes. Their stories are clearly connected. Uh, they get to like name their alliance or whatever and have this big moment. She also gets content away from Christian. She gets content with other people by herself. It's just really good overall. Um, and her story's clearly not the Hannah story. I don't think. Oh, absolutely not. Like, she's like a s- emotionally strong Hannah almost. Where like, yeah. Like, there's a difference in the crying and the... Like, when she's crying about Pat misunderstanding him, it's powerful. And it's like, Gabby's so strong for being willing to look past the abrasiveness of Pat is basically what you get. Whereas, like, often this archetype is, like, they're crying and you're, like, like, everyone's dad is, like, oh, my God, stop crying. Whereas there's, like, powerful tears. We see a lot of reactions from Gabby because she's the one <laughs> when Davy brings the octopus. We get a big reaction from her. She's in the background of, I think, everyone's emotional scenes from Jessica to Nick. And I know visually isn't always the best indicator of who's winning, but she's there. It often is a good indicator, though, right? Like, with Wendell in the premiere, you get the building and how, like, the spider building the web into the Wendell building a shelter. And then you get, with uh, Ben, you get the cowboy hat imagery all over the time. Like, I think that's an underrated thing is, like, nuance imagery tied to the winner. Even if that is reaction shots, even if that is showing her perspective on things. It is hard, though, because it's easy to go into... A rabbit hole, yeah. Yeah, or just overreaction territory. Because, like, I think I am, like, 
a fun Kelly Shin fan because she was so underrated. And if you look at Nicaragua for its reaction shots, like Kelly Shin is amazing. Like she has a lot yes. of reaction shots, but <laughs> it obviously doesn't net to anything. That is interesting that we brought this up though. There was very little like animal nature shots. A lot of like rain yeah, almost stuff, none. but and that might be because it's raining. Like <laughs> but yeah, it's it's harder to shoot the the frogs in the rain. Yeah, it was just. I hope they don't get rid of that totally because I I really like that. Just yeah, it's good thematic underbones. I don't know, like with Gabby, it's just like again, like I can see her winner story, and I feel like if Gabby is our winner, that's gonna be a complaint on the season. Is like I feel like this could very easily go down like Korong territory where people are like, yeah, Korong was good, but like. The winner was just so obvious; it wasn't even like fun to watch. Like, I think if they can, if Gabby's the winner and her edit continues under this pattern, like, I think it could be really obnoxious. Yeah, that's very that, true on, on that front. Um, so that's something to watch out for. She isn't my number one though. Um, nope, she's my number one. She might be third or less for me. Yeah, I think I have her third behind our next person, Jessica, and also Carl. Yeah. Wow. I'm so shocked about Jessica. <laughs> I thought she was like first boot territory and she is my number one winner pick. She got like an incredible premiere. Yeah. Almost too incredible. Like almost like confusingly good. I think it very much feels because she's that same person who's lying about her age because she's too young. It feels like Michael, but it feels right. Michael had all yes. those issues where he was valuing strength over strategy, and it was a weird contradiction right at the start of the season. Yeah. Jessica doesn't have those. Jessica feels powerful for a 19-year-old. She's not getting called out on it by anyone, which mm. you said in First One Out, everyone seemed to know she was younger than she was letting on, but... And this, no one seems to care about that. And I think the most interesting thing about Jessica, maybe not the most, but, like, she introduces herself in a confessional, saying, I am 19, but everyone else thinks I am 22 or 21 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 22. It isn't, I'm lying and telling people that I'm 22. It's, everybody thinks I'm 22. Hmm. And that is a subtle, but I think a very important difference. Um... The story, with no one else mentioning it at all, is telling us that, yes, everyone just believes that she's older than she is. That she has successfully pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. Yeah, and she's weirdly, like... I know Pat was sort of, like, the shelter-building leader, but she feels like the central figurehead of David. Like Yeah, she does. Even though, like, maybe Carl is more blatantly strategic... It feels like Jessica is sort of this weird leader figure for it. Yeah. Like, we get Jessica's story that triggers B telling us her story and complimenting Jessica. And then we get that powerful scene where Nick afterwards is like, you know, everyone's sharing this story when we've really only heard Jessica and B and B in confessional talking about Jessica. Yeah. And Nick's like, I have to share my story now. She has powerful reactions to the Pat medevac too. Mm Mm-hmm. And not at the end, either. It's like, it's Pat gets medevaced, and then I think it's Jessica, Gabby, and then Elizabeth. Yeah. And that, to me, reads way more like Elizabeth is the trap. Like, the edric trap. Um, Because I feel like 
they don't want to end the first episode with the winner proud, like, being like, and the David tribe will win and will rue the day or whatever. Like, Jessica gets, like, a authentic, genuine feeling confessional about how sad she is that somebody's going. Yeah. And, like, I just feel like she has so much longevity. She has multiple pairs, some that are subtle, some that are blatant. People who are above her, people who are below her, like, theoretically, and what the story's telling us. Like, links to Nick through the storytelling. She gets to pull the wool over everyone's eyes. She gets to mention that she's a big Survivor fan. Like, I feel like she almost has everything. Like, she almost has, like, a perfect premiere. And we both thought she was going to be a dud. Absolutely. Like, she is, like, top candidate for, like... UTR in the first episode just by nature of her archetype, but yes. that's absolutely not what she was. So, and like I just really think like if a nineteen-year-old's gonna win the game, it's gonna be Jessica. Yep, and that's shocking. Like I don't even know how that's gonna <laughs> happen, but yeah, like but I believe in it, and that's like the weird thing, mm-hmm. like. You could even you could look at some people with this edit and be like, "Yeah, but I don't, I don't see how their personality is going to let them win." Like with Jessica, I can see it, I can see how she's strategically apt and makes yeah. it that far and wins. Um, and like another thing with Jessica is, like, not to discredit her experience or anything like that. But the emotional story she tells, while it's powerful, isn't that powerful compared to some of the stories we've heard. You know what I mean? Like, her mom being in a toxic relationship is, and her being there for her and everything is, like, yeah, it's very powerful. But it's not this, like, like, it's not, like, Adam's mom level or anything like that, but it was edited that way. Like, it was really edited as, like, Jessica is an absolute hero for supporting her mom. Yeah. And they could have easily, like, this is the kind of story where, like, because, like, every, like, that, whatever that song is, like, everyone has a story that can break your heart. Um, that, that's true. And everyone is probably crying and confessional and missing their family and everything like that. Jessica's, like, in my opinion, not super groundbreaking story is the one that is shown to light the spark for everybody else. When the way Nick was talking is obvious that everybody is sharing these stories. And Jessica is the one who gets shown. Um, I think that's super important. Yeah. I want to reiterate that we're like not discrediting anyone's story, but I think if you look at the three stories shared, B, Jessica, and Nick, you can almost say that on a personal level, Jessica's is the least, like, I mean, it's not like, it's like directly earth shattering, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like the least, like, like, it's the most like normal almost, you know what I mean? Like where like. It's the one where she's the least intimately connected, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Like, like B was in an was in an abusive relationship for five years. Like Nick's Just mother mom was in. overdosed. Like, <laughs> yeah. Those like, are, and it's so yeah, it's so weird that Jessica, with her story, gets the like the f- premiere one, and the powerful music and people supporting yeah. her and yeah. That is one thing we haven't really touched on is that a lot of the music in this episode, it's very like bubbly or happy around the David tribe, despite it like constantly <laughs> raining. But the Goliath tribe is either like left with this rain 
sound or just like darker tones. So yes, definitely, definitely something I think, especially why we're mostly considering the David tribe. Yeah. Uh, do you have a whole lot else to add about Jessica? Nope. I'm excited right. to see where it goes from here. I am worried that yep. maybe it can just go way south really fast and. Yeah, like there is the chance that she's our alley. You know what I mean? Like she's our Stephanie. Like that would maybe make sense. Because like especially like the thing that unifies those people is in the premiere some sort of negativity, and maybe Carl saying that she's moldable is that. Um. So like. Personally, I'm pulling for her at this point, so I hope that's not the case, but... Yep. On so, next up, we got Lyrsa. What a weird one. Like, I think you... I saying, think she's not making the merge. Yeah. I think she could be our next boot. Like, I think so, too. Well, technically, like, the first boot from David. I really do, too. Like, like she got a good duo with elizabeth i guess yeah but like i feel like we know the least about her but not in a way that it's super telegraphed like nick like if nick goes like i don't know why they would spend so much time focusing on like nick's gonna go if we go yeah it very much felt like the way like lyricist confessional said that nick was going then the medevac happens it very much feels like this sort of saved nick in a way and we're going to see mm-hmm. something come from that. Yeah, like, very rarely do they tell us the story of how this miraculous, not miraculous thing, but, like, this, like, earth-shattering thing happens, and it saves this person just for them to leave. Like, I mean, like, I guess there's a chance for this next episode is just, like, dragging Nick the entire time. And it's like a, like, Lucy Wong kind of thing, but it doesn't seem super likely, given the portrayal Nick got. And... To me, Lyrsa is the one who it seems the most likely to backfire on. Yeah. And I know the, the what is it called, preview is saying Lyrsa is going to be the next target, but I think that might be true. Like, there's just some weird reason why they're targeting her over Nick, and it's sort of going to blindside us, but I think we're seeing ahead of or it. Or even, maybe. like, an idol or something like that. Like, it just, like, it just doesn't feel like she's long for this game, like... Like, she did get personal content, but, like, like we learned she's, like, a lesbian from the city, but, like, all in contrast to Elizabeth, like, not on her own. Yeah, it's almost like, put in necessary places, because we get her telling about who she is in the opening challenge, and then there is that Elizabeth Lyrsa scene, but it's amidst all these duos forming, so. Yeah, and like, it, it almost, like... She has, like, an invisible edit, but with content. Like, Yeah. So, yeah, I really don't have anything to say about her. Like, I'll be shocked if she's in the merch. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Like, even, that. like, Angela, I think, has, a, like, had a better chance with her premiere. Like, <laughs> like, invisible is better than this. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, she has no story. She has, like, she's on the tribe with all the connections, and she's by far the least visible. Like, I do. I don't know. that forming that pair with Elizabeth is weird. Maybe so, because now it's attached to Elizabeth, and I don't know what's going to come of that if Lyrsa goes soon. But That's true, yeah. 
I just don't even know what to say. Like, I think it's also interesting that if the next episode is set up as Lyrsa versus Nick, and those are the two people Elizabeth has aligned yeah. to, like, that makes the, that's the thing for me is, like, because of the weirdness of Nick's edit. And I guess let's talk about them in conjunction. Um, Nick has a confessional where he talks about how he's gonna name all his alliances because it makes people value them more. And I think Lyris' story is how Elizabeth is going to pick Nick over her. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me because it's told us that naming an alliance gives people a more intimate connection. Elizabeth has an has a duo with Lyrsa and Nick. They're both after each other, seemingly. Um, Nick has the named one. And I think that's the story they're telling us. That Elizabeth's going to be the big swing vote. Uh, it's going to be like, who am I going to pick? And then it's going to be uh, Lisa, yeah. I think. I'm very interested how this next vote is going to shake out because of all the pairs that are formed, but no big groups. So yes. it's like some of those pairs have to group together and then some pairs are breaking apart maybe. And I'm just, that's very exciting. I'm glad they did that. I wish they would have done it to both tribes, but it's a Me great too. way to start it premiere with a medevac where you don't have to just give yeah two you can sides. just build the connections which is yeah super fascinating uh so let's just focus on nick yeah. now um nick had a very strange premiere oh yeah. like i think he might be one of the only people to tell like a genuinely heartbreaking story to like haunting music um like like villain music um it's just a very, 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 very weird edit. Yeah, because um, he's super negative at first amidst all this positivity that's already blooming on the David tribe. He's like, I just came out here to like strategize and play Survivor, so I'm going to yeah. do that. And Making people like me is so easy. Like, oh, yeah, And then people like, being like, I want to vote at Nick. Yeah, because the thing he says, it's like, it's easy not to do so much work if you can like look like it. And then immediately mm. afterward, Carl is like, Nick's not doing any work. So not yes. a great look there. But then it flips to this story. And yeah, like you, I was expecting the whole time for like Nick to be like, and I'm lying. But mm-hmm. he wasn't. And so I, I don't know what to do with Nick. I don't think he's winning. I don't think he's winning, but I think there's a chance. Like, honestly, this kind of negativity reminds me of like Adam Klein. Like, the super fan who gets, like, is sketchy, but can overcome it with their passion and drive or whatever. Um, I think there's a chance of this kind of edit, yeah, but, but not right in the super first likely. episode feels weird. Yeah. From what I remember of Millennials versus Gen X, Adam was very much a narrator in that first episode. Yeah. He basically just digged into Figgy. And excited to be there. I guess Nick is excited to be there, but he feels very against everything the david tribe is going for yes like he is not inheriting any of the positivity from the david tribe yeah and it's just like personally i really like this guy like i think he's actually really fun tv um i always love the people who are like like i'm not gonna do any work and everyone's gonna think i'm doing work and i was like yes you do that and then immediately carl's like nick's not doing anything <laughs> I was like oh no poor guy what it's telling us is that this guy's not self-aware yeah. um 
he can't read people basically. Um, so I imagine he's gonna. I think he's gonna flame out in a really fun way. Uh, but I think he's actually here longer than. He's not the next boot. I think I'm willing to. Yeah, I think. Put I in the flame. Concede that. Yeah, he's gonna be the decoy boot next, and then. Yeah. Like, there's no way they give him this edit, and then he just goes out like, in like a pathetic way. Like, I think he's gonna pull the wall over people's eyes. At least once. Yeah, at least once. Um. I like how and... the undercurrent is that like. David is so obviously going to this next tribal council. Like, yeah, I just, it's hard to imagine them over. If the Goliaths go, I'll be shocked, like genuinely shocked. But we were totally, the way the episode was edited, I think everyone, you, me, and the people we were watching with were expecting the Goliath tribe to go because. Yeah, just because they were like invisible. Yeah, they had so much content. Or David tribe had so much content prior to the immunity challenge, and then they still were going to go to yeah. a tribal council. So, which that like, um, what's it called? Like, uh, like that makes me. That's why I'm thinking it's the Matt Sings. Like, obviously it doesn't work because it's not a three person thing. But that's what makes me think it's the most. Is it just like, why is the Goliath tribe not being shown? Because none of these relationships matter because they're not going to tribal. Like, it just, they look yeah. so much to me like the tribe that doesn't go to tribal. Um, hmm. And in this case, I don't think the winner's on them. But if it, if it is, I think there is some funniness that could still go on. I think, um, no, I was going to say, I think the closest thing is um, a saga from Survivor Episode yes, 2. But yes. a saga is the tribe that didn't go to tribal council. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't work super well. Like there isn't like it's honestly it's it's oolong if Stefan like if if like someone from them won, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. It's just very weird. Um But yeah, so that's what we got for Nick. Like I think he I, I really do think he'll last longer than this episode because I think they would just put him over the top if he was just gonna go out next. Like I think he would look like Patrick Bolton, not like, this pretty nuanced character, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think. And finally, we have our boot. Um, and so something we always like to do is analyze the boot and what it tells us about the season. And I think this is one of the best examples of that. It's... Where the show... <laughs> Jeff Probst said it out front, you know? Yeah. It's a strange one, because... Of the way it's edited, your well, I mean, the way it happened is just that he would not have been voted out, and he just hurt his back, and he's gone now. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like you were saying, he was the David champion in some respects, and to see him go first is crazy. Especially like I thought it was really possible he was gonna be our first boot partway through the episode. Uh, in some ways, but you had until it turned to Nick. You had everyone sort of saying, "Yeah, we'll keep him around for a bit." Yeah, there was a distinct turning point, like when Christian's like, "Sometimes a joke can backfire," and Pat's like, "Oh, you dirty bitch!" Like, (laughs) it's like, okay, this guy's gonna go. And then, like the episode, like this episode was the story of Pat, and I think it was ultimately the story of what Gabby's last little monologue was was 
Pat goes from this overbearing, like, Christian, and making all these offensive jokes, into a beloved hero, and that's why Gabby's crying, right? Like, the arc that the audience went through is the arc that Gabby went through. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the most important part, is Pat goes from, like, rough around the edges, but with a big heart on the inside, um, which, believe it or not, is the exact theme they're trying to nail down. <laughs> that. Yep. The David Tribe have these rough edges and have dark parts of their life, but they care so much about each other and they're willing to do anything, including beg to stay in the game and patch the artery to the heart of the David Tribe. And Yeah, it's very, very, at least emblematic of how the episode went. I think we'll see next episode if it's just sort of reminiscent of what they were able to tell in this one episode, the premiere where they have a medevac and don't have to have too much scheming or anything. Yes. Um, if the David tribe really launches off of that, I think that's on, only going to bolster a case that someone from them is winning somehow. Yes. Next episode is absolutely crucial for both the survival of the Goliath tribe and the domination of the David tribe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, like if it's just the if it's just flipped, then we have to do some reevaluations. Re- but, um, yeah, and I think the big the big thing we need to see is whether or not uh, the Goliaths have a chance, and whether or not it was just like they were forced to edit this episode in kind of a weird way where they shafted the Goliaths a yeah. little bit because they saw the opportunity for such a like a pretty arc, just like in Ghost Island with Jacob Derwin. Like it was such a good arc that they chose to just kind of like put the Navidis to the background a little bit. Uh, we need to make, we need to see basically the second episode to clarify what that means. Yeah. Um, I think that's always the thing with just one episode. Like I feel like the last few seasons we've had two episodes to sort of on the first night so we can look and get a better idea. But with just one episode, mm -hmm. it's always possible that they just didn't have editing time to show the, second tribe which the winner is on in a way i sort of think mm-hmm. back to tyson from uh blood versus water which his story was very much related to rachel leaving early but they still held off on that first episode and it threw a lot of people mm-hmm. off so it's something i want to at least look out for even though we had yeah i agree. on the back of a season which just had someone with the strongest premiere win so I'm yes. also very much like, who's the strongest premiere? I want to follow them. That's the thing is, like, I'm counting premiere extreme. I mean, I, that's always what I do. Like, I watch the premiere a million times. Like, at the merge, I'll rewatch the premiere to see what, like, what new information I can add to the story. Um, but now, like, especially after, like, I was like, yeah, Wendell's winning. Like, we were both like, Wendell's winning in the first episode. Um, and now I'm like, even more like that now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm on the like on the on the hunt to make sure that we're not letting anyone slip through there. Um, and the complex tribe thing, David is clearly the complex tribe at this Very point. Clearly. Uh, we just need to make sure that that's not yeah, like it's not even close. Like it's this is probably the most obvious case of all time. Like this is giving me a lot of worlds apart vibes, where it's just like blue collar is winning, someone on blue collar is winning. Um, like, no question. And after the first episode. Uh, but I think that's a little bit of like, uh, what's it called? Like, uh, 
retconning a little bit. Like, I think you need the second episode to confirm that that story that Lindsay or whatever is screaming, like, a winner is on this mat. You need you need one more episode to clarify that that's not ironic. Yeah, absolutely. Or, like, even you could yeah. see Angelina laughing at the other tribe is because they get oolonged, where they all go out one yes. after another, and it's not because someone wins from there. Yes, absolutely. Especially like, after Ghost Island, where we know the editors will take a bunch of really great people on the Malolo tribe, and they go out early, but they give them good edits anyway. Because so. <laughs> at the end of the day, their goal is to make captivating television. It isn't to tell the winner's story. So, like, they're well, like if the way the season works out, that it's way more interesting to show the story of the losers. For example, like, Palau is a great example where... A lot of the people don't, like, on the tribe that ends up winning, don't get a huge edit, but the losers obviously do because they keep going to tri- yeah. keep going to tribal until the merge because then it's just reset. I don't think it's going to be as drastic as Palau, but... Yeah, it's definitely the season I'm thinking of when I'm like, what is the closest season I could see it being this? And I think Palau. I'm really curious yeah. to see how things were edited there. It was not great. Like, like, um, like the Oolong tribe got significantly more content. Yeah. Uh, which obviously, and it, it's like, if you look at like the actual uh, edgic chart, it's like the like the Oolongs get like fairly complex edits, and then like it's just not super like. In the reverse, like, it's just not... Like, there's a lot of invisibles. A lot of invisibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also over a decade ago, so things have changed yes. a little. So, I don't know. Interesting uh, to think about. Shall we move on to our predictions? Yeah, yeah let's do that. Okay. So, uh, our first is winner predictions. Um, and so... Uh, I'm like so. I guess this is our sort of like official lock-in of the first episode. Yes. Um, because like preseason winter pick is a little bit of a crapshoot. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent. Especially on this podcast. Um, <laughs> so for me, I am going to go with Jessica is going to be our winner. Unless that's your choice, in which case I'll pick Gabby. Oh, well, see, I was going to let you have Jessica, and I'll switch to Carl. Oh, okay. I don't know. Carl just feels more correct. I have Jessica as number one, but... See, I'm going with Jessica because I think a girl's winning this season. But that's that's basically where, like, <laughs> the difference between Jessica and Carl to me is that Jessica's a female. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I will walk in. Jessica yeah, Jessica's is my one. number one. So I'm gonna say Jessica for now. So we can both pick Jessica. Yeah. Uh, just for interest's sake, for a bet, I'm gonna say that Gabby is our winner. Lock that in. Is this an official bet? But, like we're. Yeah, official bet. <laughs> you owe me a coffee if I win. Ah, but. Okay, fine. I'll stick with Jessica because if Jessica wins, right. I'm gonna be very happy, and I get a call yeah. Away. Like I really, I really do think Jessica is our winner, but <laughs> just for the fun and games of it. Uh, and next up, we got our next boot, 
Who do you think it's going to be? Um, I think if it's the David tribe, as we're expecting, I think it's probably Lyrsa. I don't... Yeah, I really, really think it's Lyrsa. Like, the interesting thing about this is it doesn't feel like there's a lot of possibilities on either side. Like, here, it's going to be Lyrsa or Nick. I think on Goliath, it's going to be Mike or Natalie. And there's mm-hmm. not much wiggle room either way. Yeah, like, a lot of people just feel like they have, like, solid foundation, which really, to me, is saying that there's going to be a swap really soon. Like, the fact that it really feels like there's four people who could go home. Which... Like, tops? Yeah. That's kind of shocking to me, because I feel like with this theme, you want to stretch it out. And it might be a production thing where we see the Davids get picked off one by one, and they're like, oh, let's switch things up just to give some of them a chance. So... I don't know. I feel like they're going to have it go for at least four episodes. I think, I think yeah, if you have it set up like this where you have a tribe just going to tribal council after tribal council, like almost Samoa is sort of this way, where they're like way over edited, like compared to the Galoos. And it's not just because of Russell being there. Um, like everyone on there is getting stronger edits than the Galoos. So I think, yeah, if you have a lot of early David casualties, I think this might be the way to do it. I don't know exactly who's emerging from it, but... Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, is, like, are we going to end up with a minority of people uh, really dominating this game? Is this going to be a FOA FOA situation, or is it going to be, like, one minute just to sneak to the end? Or is it just going to be a straight, uh, like, oolonging, and it's all about Hmm. who manages to survive, you know? It's so hard to say, but I guess we'll keep up with that in the future weeks. But anyways, that's our show. Uh, we have a website at thewinnersedit.wordpress.com. There's a contact form to contact us directly. On the flip side, we have an email, uh, which is thewinneredit at yeah. gmail.com. Uh, no S on that. So again, yep. uh, you can message us there. Um, we do shows Saturdays and Sundays, Saturdays or Sundays, uh, just depending on schedules a little bit. And, yeah, uh, so that's our show. I hope you all have a wonderful night. Peace out. Oh, and give us uh, reviews on iTunes if you can. Uh, It really helps with the algorithms, helps get people here in the podcast. And, yeah, so that's our show. Farewell. Yeah. See you next week.